right? The super ideal thing is that you find something at this intersection of what you're good at, what you love, and what the market needs, right? Where you're going to get paid. So ideally, it's those three things are getting checked off so that you're like, okay, cool. I'm good. I love it. And I get money. That's the ideal. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to the second ever episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me and I appreciate you for that. All right, now this week we're talking about dream jobs. So let me ask you, are you currently doing exactly what you want to be doing with your life? If you answered yes, four for you, Glenn Coco, you go Glenn Coco. But for the other 98.7% of us, the struggle is real. And yes, I did just make that statistic up, but I feel like it's kind of accurate. All right. Now, I chose this problem for this week because I think this was one of my first big, big kid problems. Um, Back before I was even in college, I remember absolutely panicking about having to pick a major. Did this happen to anybody else? I mean, how fucking ridiculous is it that an 18-year-old is supposed to choose uh, the path for the rest of their life? I mean, at the same time I was choosing a major, I was choosing to wear baby blue velour tracksuits out in public. I mean, clearly that is not somebody who should be making life-altering decisions. Anyways, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up, and that continued after I graduated. I kind of jumped into PR because it seemed sexy and cool, but I realized pretty quickly I turned out to be wrong with that. And I don't know if anyone out there listening has been through this, but it is so scary to burn up a few years in the wrong career and then have to make a change. Uh, But that's life. And finding your dream job can be tough. Hell, even if you know what you want to do, getting into your dream job can be a lot harder than you thought. So that's why we are diving in today. We're going to have on a career coach and personal accelerator. Ooh, love that title. Jocelyn Miller, she'll be joining us shortly. But first, we're going to kick things off with our panel of two awesome boss babes who have what I like to think are some serious hashtag job goals. So get comfy and let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am joined now by my two girls. I've got Naz Perez and Emily Evans here. They have two just very enviable jobs. Like, I feel like I'm always seeing you guys on the gram posting stuff about work. And I'm like, all right, I need to freaking talk to you (laughs) because you're doing something right. Um, Emily is the head of PR for a big fashion brand, and she's also an on-air style expert. I mean, what? Um, <laughs> Naz, you're a producer, you're on camera, and E! 
News. You've done really fun things. You were a producer on The Bachelor. I mean, that's kind of like my dream job. So um, since this is the dream, this is the dream job podcast episode, I wanted to talk to you guys. How did you how did you get started? Okay. You go first. Okay. All right. So um, this is Emily. <laughs> hi. Hi, guys. So I started, it all started with an internship. I was living in North Carolina. I went, I had my eye on New York. Um, I knew that everyone, though, went up to New York for summer internships. So I thought, you know, if I could, while well, I'm still in school, if I can take online courses and intern during a semester, that would maybe give me a leg up. So I wouldn't get like buried under like, I'm not another summer intern. So I did that. I interned for a fall semester, got an internship at Calvin Klein over with like through a phone interview. I don't know how they hired this like redneck from North Carolina. (laughs) I was going to say, I remember when I was in college, I was applying for internships at like fashion houses left and right and like could not get my foot in the door. Even for, I'm like, I will work for you for free. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I had no experience. I was hired from a phone interview. I'm sure they were like this girl's accent. I like, (laughs) what is she doing? Whatever. Anyway, they hired me. I came up to New York for it. It was the best experience ever. Um, because all the other interns intern one or two days a week. However, I'm looking at myself up against all the other interns. They're going to FIT and to Parsons, and they've had five internships at Chanel and Prada and Gucci and all these other brands. And I was like, hey. So anyway, worked my ass off and, you know, got in good with the team to the point where they offered me a job before I even finished school. I had to go back for one semester to North Carolina to finish out, um, you know, college. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you know what? Like, just, just, we, we have this position. We just want to hire you now. And I was like, that's great. They were like, you can take night classes and finish school. I was like, shit, a really good opportunity. I can't say no to this, but I know what I need to do. And I need to finish school. So I did that. And you know what? The stars aligned. And a few months later, there was another position that was open. So I came up, I interviewed for it and I mean, it doesn't always happen that easy. But yeah, <laughs> what the, that is not the job. And it was 2008 when it was not so, I don't know. So, but I... Did you went, always want to do fashion? I, you know, I did. I thought I wanted to do fashion design, though. Mm. I actually had applied when I was applying for schools to go to FIT, and I didn't get in. I was applying for a fashion uh, for the fashion design program, and I'm so glad that I didn't get it. I did all the sketches and so like put together all these like garments, and I'm so glad that my portfolio was denied because <laughs> I look back, I'm like I would not want to do that now, and I'm in PR now, and it's such a different such a different role than if I'm sitting, you know, in yeah. a design studio, which I don't know. And you, and you kind of like, you worked in like a corporate fashion company and you like really, you kind of climbed that corporate ladder. Yes. So Calvin was one of, and especially at that time, one of the, the, that job was like, if you work in PR, that's the PR job you want. Yeah. I think that year style.com had named the Calvin Klein PR department, the hardest working department in the entire PR department in the entire industry. So, so cool. Yeah. So I sat there and I was like, wow, this is the best. Like, and I was there for six years. I moved my way up and with many promotions, but I worked my ass off and that's why, you know, but I sat there and I thought, this is where I would want to be for a really long time, but I'm not going to, I'm only going to know one brand and how, how everyone, you know, works here. It's not 
copy paste from this brand to another brand. I need to go out there and get more experience. So I'm better, you know, more well-rounded. So it was really hard, but I had to, I took another job at a jewelry company. And to be honest, when I resigned at Calvin, they were like, where are you going? What's that brand? (sighs) So uh... I went from a big corporate environment to a small mom and pop shop kind Mm -hmm. of when I had my hands in everything and marketing and social media and PR and say they were sending me to Paris to do sales appointments. I knew nothing about Uh, that. Um, I soon realized that I think I, to my surprise, I thrived more so in a corporate environment. Yeah. And after nine long months at that one brand (laughs) after Calvin, I um, started interviewing again. I went on 17 interviews. Oh, I was really unhappy in my role, but I wanted to make sure that that next move was the right move because I didn't want to jump around too much. And so, yeah, I, it took, I got to the point where I was interviewing so often that my boss at the time said to me, look me in the eyes and tell me you're not like going, like, tell me you're not interviewing because (laughs) I have a feeling. What did you say? I was like, I got uh, busted doing that too. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait. Okay. This is a side story. I got busted so bad for my office and my, my boss at the time I was in. Okay. So the flip side from Emily for anybody who's like interested in PR. So this is like the, you had like the dream scenario where you work in house in a brand. I had the opposite where I was working for like these shitty, these uh, agencies that are like, Hey, we're going to pay you like nothing. And you're going to work like, 12 hour days and you're gonna cry three times a week i think it's better to start at an agency though i wish i had agency experience no you don't say but it's (laughs) they throw you to the dogs but it is it 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 you know it builds you oh it it built me that's for sure (laughs) anyway just to make this story fast um i was like get trying to get the hell out of there my boss was like a psycho and I got busted because I told her I was going to a doctor's appointment and she's like really you're going to a doctor's (gasps) appointment and I'm like yeah so I went to the interview and then you guys I'm not kidding I stopped at CVS and I bought gauze (laughs) (laughs) wait you bought what? like gauze so I I pretended like I got my blood oh oh like a cotton pad on my arm and like gauze my arm up so when I came back I was like yeah like don't you feel shitty like I really got oh that's (laughs) smart actually that's a good idea How'd you get caught? Um, apparently, I, I mean, I was going, I was doing the same thing. I was interviewing like three times a week. I was yeah. like, I got to get out of here. And yeah. then like one of the people that I interviewed with was like checking my references and call, called no, like my, did not. my current. No. Yeah, it was not good. Shit. Anyway, it worked out. It worked out. Anyway. Wait, right. but that God story is epic. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad idea. Right? Yeah. Although sometimes I'll do the opposite when I'm like a little annoyed with things at work, I'll like throw on a black dress for the next few days and like just throw blow my hair out and put <laughs> oh. my makeup on and I'm like, don't mess with me because yeah. you never know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so true. Hilarious. Show them with the so guy. Funny. I do that with like guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, wait. So Naz, let's let's jump over to you because you have also like a really uh, unique freaking let job. Let me take a sip of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys, we're drinking. We're drinking up some One Hope wine. That's right. <laughs> Love one, hope one. Um, <laughs> let me try and get through this in a very like succinct manner because I you have thirty I'll... seconds. Okay, <laughs> this I'm is kidding. really terrifying. So basically, I went to college, um, majored in broadcast journalism. I always wanted to be on camera, and I actually wanted to be a sideline reporter. I don't know if I ever told you that. Oh, Sarah. I didn't know. But um, so I wanted to be like the next Doris Burke. So I interned like for all these sports agencies: ESPN, Tennis Channel, NBA Entertainment. 
basically I was next while I was in college, right before I was graduating, I was next to LeBron James when he got his first ring in Miami. Cause I'm from South Florida. And yeah. They, I was working for NBA Entertainment as like a PA, like someone like running tapes and stuff during the championship. And they asked me to leave the locker room because I was a woman. And it was this, I had this weird moment where I had like spoken to a lot of women in the industry too. And they were kind of like, we don't know if it's ever really going to be there for women in sports. And this is not to deter anyone listening to not go into sports because I yeah. It is way better now, but I, there was just something in me where I was like, I don't want to work and bust my ass to like pronounce someone's last name wrong. And then guys on their couch around America be like, this bitch doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) I was like, no, like I did not work this hard for that. So then I told my parents I was moving to LA and they were like, what? You have a job at NBA entertainment, like in New Jersey, Secaucus. And instead I went to LA and I took an internship at the Ellen DeGeneres show, which I found online on this website called internsushi.com. No way. Which I don't think exists anymore, but so just, and we actually have a lot of similarities in our story. So just like you, I did a Skype interview and I was like, I just, I just needed something to get me to LA because I was also watching Juliana Rancic's true Hollywood story in my dorm. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Cause I also really love entertainment. Yeah. But, like, schools don't let you think that you can do entertainment, especially when you want to be on camera. It's really annoying. They make you go, like, this news route. And I'm like, I'm not, lady, I'm not covering murders and fires for $10 (laughs) an hour. Like, that's not, (laughs) no. Like, how would I buy Manolo Blahniks that way? (laughs) So I moved to L.A. I worked for Ellen. And then just like you. Wait, quick question. Did you work for free for Ellen? So that's what I was just going to say. So I'm. A good lesson to learn is I took an internship out of college. So I got my four-year degree. A lot of people don't want to do that. I highly advise doing that. And this was a paid internship where I didn't need credit. So it was amazing. Yeah. However, I I made $9 an hour. I lived in my mom's friend's kid's toy room on like a (laughs) blow-up mattress for four months in Burbank, California. But I like made it happen because I was like, I want to live in L.A., And I showed up. I was the first one there, the last one to Mm -hmm. leave because I was like, I need them to hire me or I'm going to have to move home because the internship ends. Yeah. So they end up hiring me within two weeks there, which was incredible. And the Ellen Ellen show is like an incredible show to learn from. And just it's so it's just such a trailblazer when it comes to daytime and the people Mm -hmm. we find and all that stuff. But anyways, so but while I was working at Ellen, another lesson, which I think is important to learn is I left on my lunch break one day and I went to E. I like Googled the address and I walked in and I was like, where's your HR department? And then I handed someone in HR my resume. That is so old school. I, it was like the most, this was like before Instagram, before you could slide into someone's DM. This was like the real like park walk out and like hand them a DM. So, Wait, I can't, my my parents used to say that. Oh, just walk in and yeah. hand them your resume. Yeah. I'd be like, this isn't like the 1940s. No, like, well, that's what I fucking did because I was like, I don't know how else to do this. Like I've never... My parents never really had money to support me, so I always had to like make sure I yeah. had something. And I, I didn't have any friends or sisters or aunts in the industry. So while I'm at Ellen, E called me, and they were like, we want to offer you a three-month gig to be Ryan Seacrest's production assistant for the Grammys, the Oscars, the SACs, or whatever. Amazing. And then I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because I had this permanent job at Ellen. But again, I didn't want to lose sight of where I wanted to be. So I left Ellen, which was really hard. And I worked at E for three months, and it was incredible. And then the day after the Oscars, I had no job. And I was like, damn. And I was like freaking out that I was going to have to move home. And I was reading this um, issue of GQ magazine. And I was reading about this designer. Sorry, I'm trying to like really make this. I want to like throw everything at you because I feel like there's a lot of like. There are a little good things for sure. So basically, um, I was reading GQ and there was this designer that lived in downtown LA that was dressing athletes. 
And I thought that was like so interesting because athletes are, they're so tall and they weigh so much that they can't go and, you know, pick something off the rack at Givenchy. So they have to get things custom made. So I call this guy and I'm like, Hey, can I interview you? Like, I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. I just like, he was like, yeah, sure. And I like went with my friend with the camera and I interviewed him and I bought this domain called sidelinestyles.com. And after that interview, I started covering what all the athletes were wearing before Complex was even doing it. There were only two other websites at the time. And I would cover, you know, like DeAndre Jordan, first basketball player that Burberry's dressing and all this stuff. And wait, so they let you just come interview with without yeah, like it was knowing? Just like a guy that yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like out of college, and this is what I want to be on camera, and I didn't know like that's what to genius. Do. So I buy this domain, and then all these players start following me, like Victor Cruz and Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. and I met Mark Cuban, and it was like it was this was like my niche. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, E calls me to work at True Hollywood Story. And I was like, nice. Now I have a job. But while I was back at E, I got a call from the Style Network. And they're like, hey, we saw your website, SilentStyles.com. Oh, wow. We want a girl to cover the SBs for us, but we need someone that knows who these athletes are and that knows fashion. And I hung up the phone. This is like in 2013. And I start shaking. I'm like, I fucking did it. I'm 23. <laughs> like, I don't have an agent. And like, I did it. Like, this is my niche. This is like my thing. Yeah. So I covered the SBs, killed it. Three weeks later, the Style Network's like, we love you. You're going to be the new face of Style Network. And then three weeks later, the entire Style Network got canceled. Wow. The whole network. Damn. Which is basically, it's just a good example of the TV industry in general. Like, you can work on things and they just... And then I got laid off at True Hollywood Story because, like, no one was watching that. Entertainment's a tough business. It's a tough business. And again, like I was telling you guys, because I didn't have like all this money, ideally, if you have money, you can chill, go on auditions and become a host. I always had to kind of go the production route because I needed a job all the time. Yeah. So I was like, I need to go into reality because there's always going to be reality shows. But the only show I ever watched was The Bachelor. Same. Love. <laughs> Love me some Bachelor. And to wrap this up, for two and a half years, I worked on Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, which I think were like the golden seasons that I worked on. Like we basically brought Bachelor in Paradise and made it like really good. Yeah. And then after two and a half years, I was like, well, I moved to LA to be on camera in 2012 and I haven't really done that and I'm making a lot of money, but this isn't my dream job. This is a dream job for someone else. So I left. It was really hard. And I finally became a host. And now I host for like the Dodgers and Fandango and the I Don't Get It podcast with Ashley, who was on The Bachelor. And then I started a support group for people that are heartbroken. And now I'm back at E helping them with like award season, but behind the scenes. Yeah. But that's sorry if that was like so long. Yeah. I think you surpassed that 30 second mark, but it's good. No, you had a lot of, it's it's so interesting. Yeah. It's a lot of ups and downs and I'm totally not where I still want to be. So I think it's, it's good to remember that like, if you want to do something, it's, you got to be in it for the long haul because it just has been so like, yeah, what's the word? Not flighty, but like. I don't, it's a lot of ebbs and flows. It's a lot it's of a ebbs lot and flows. Of ups and downs. For sure. And I, that's what I kind of like about both you guys and why I wanted you on this podcast. Because it's not like somebody handed you your freaking dream jobs. Like you had right. to, you had to freaking hustle. You had to work hard. You had to do all of those things. And I think anybody listening could be like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe right. this could happen for me, even though you're like a kid in like Milwaukee. Totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. Right. And, you, and especially in this day and age where I feel like now, like, I don't know, people come up to me all the time. They're like, I want to work in movies. I'm like... Well, then stay in the theater when the credit beds go up and look these people up on Instagram. Their names mm-hmm. are right there. 
Yeah. Like if that's what I wanted to do, I'd be like, oh, executive producer, John right. Schmo, I'll just DM him. Yeah. You have so much more access to people now. That's so true. We didn't have so back true. in the day. And, and link, even with LinkedIn yeah. now, like you can reach out to anyone and we had none of that. Right. I mean, I was walking around with my resumes too in New York yeah. just in case that Calvin gig didn't come through. Exactly. Right. Um, the thing is though, with all that access, I feel like comes more competition. Absolutely. Yes. For sure. And for you guys, um, how did you deal with competition coming in? Because even like when I was graduating, I felt like competition was fierce, especially in your industries, which are so like tough, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like for somebody who's trying to like break in, what do you think is something that like differentiates them? I know it's a tough question. I think for me, and as far as on camera goes, there is a lot of competition. And the, sh- the shitty part about on camera is that you're going into auditions and going, there's only so many jobs. So you're going up against like all your friends. Oh so yeah. So it's really hard. I was telling you guys before we started recording, it's really hard to not compare yourself to other people. And I think one thing to keep in mind is to not compare yourself and know you're on your own timeline. But the best advice I can give to differentiate yourself is really be authentic. Like I never thought my shitty love life would turn into my brand, but (laughs) I have a podcast called the, I don't get it podcast, which is basically about dating. I love that. Yeah. I think the competition thing that is real for sure. And I actually recently, so I, as Sarah mentioned, I do PR, but I also am an on-air style expert and recently access, I, so I do like extra, I do a lot of morning show TV seg, um, trend segments, um, access Hollywood called me a couple weeks ago and wanted me to do a segment in like two days from then. And I wasn't available. I wasn't able to do it. So I said, you know what? Like I have a friend in town who does this often. She's in town from New York visiting, but I'm sure she would love to do it. And so I called her and she was like, are you kidding? I've always wanted to get on access. Like, that's amazing. Yes, definitely. And then later she was like, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me in my mm-hmm. career. I was mm-hmm. like, what? What do you mean? And she was, and she does, she's primarily on air style expert. All that a hundred percent of her like job is that. Right. And she was like, I am, it's always, there's just such strong competition and everyone's like just looking out for themselves. I feel like, and the fact that like you had this opportunity, you weren't able to do it and you went to me, like rather than just turning it down and hanging up the phone, like that is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me ever in my career. And I don't know, I was like a little surprised. I was a little shocked by Mm -hmm. that. I was like, that's so no, incredible, but more people should be like that. And for sure. And I think that's a thing. Like, like, don't be, I mean, if right. you got to have a little competition, sure. Like, yeah. but don't be like, you're in it together with all these people right. too, you know? Like, sure. and I told her, I was like, listen, if I had a segment in two days, I'd be pretty stressed out to turn it around. So let me help you. Let me help you source the models. Let oh. me run around and help you like call in the clothes and stuff. What can I do to help? So nice. Like, I'll even, That's like, incredible. what can I do? And she was like, I don't bat like yeah. so shocked. Yeah. I, I like that piece of I mean, because like I mean my industry is like influencer shit, oh, you know? Yeah. And it, it can be seen the same way. And I've never taken that mentality. Like I, I like meeting people that are doing the same thing as right. me because I'm like, this industry is big enough for all of us. Right. And if I can throw you some work, maybe you'll throw me some work. Exactly. Like let's share. Of course. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I I hope that that's kind of like changing a little bit. Yeah. And especially depending, I guess depending on the industry too, but I feel like that applies to pretty much yeah. anything. And yeah. there's this whole resurgence now with like just women supporting women, which Definitely. has been incredible. Fuck yeah. And I agree. It's like, <laughs> look out for your friends. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just such a real thing. Right. For sure. So I know we're going to talk about like that, getting into it and people who are like just trying to get their foot into like these industries. And Emily, I know because of your high up position, you sometimes have to interview like, right. for entry level, junior level people. Have you ever seen like, 
What what are some things that stand out to you as good, but then also maybe give us some things that would stand out to you that like somebody would blow it if they fucking did this? This is like so juicy. I interview candidates all all the time and I have I've truly seen it all. And something that I I find really rare, unfortunately, is respect. And I mean, obviously how they present themselves when they come in, but I've seen them come in so unprofessional and like like with like one leg up on the table, even no, and, no. yes, no, and just like yes, <laughs> no. like man spreading, like just like me up, right? Yeah, and like also t- trying to like I-, I can tell they're just trying to like went like win me over with like let's talk about like. Uh, they're trying to like get out of the work thing, but they're talking. I had one candidate asking me about like, oh, she was talking, she was going on a vacation in Nantucket. I was like, oh, I just went there. She was like, oh, do you go to this bar and this bar? I'm like, that's not what we're talking about right yeah. now. Like, I love yeah. a good bar, but like, right. and I can talk about that, but like, not right now. Um, not here, not now. But um, something I see a lot in the fashion industry is actually girls who are trying to be influencers. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's an editor um, last week who said that. Every candidate that they get, also they're all they're all trying to be influencers, and they come in and they're like, "So this is my blog. I just want to make sure that I'll still be able to like run my fashion blog wow. while I'm working for this like huge, either fashion brand or huge magazine. Like it's something we in the industry talk about all the time. Interesting. Yeah. You're not Interesting. into it. I'm not in. No, I'm not into it because yeah. they will kind of prioritize that. They will over absolutely the job. prioritize. They I mean, I use, would. They'll tap it. Yes, right. and I like I. Guess I can kind of if if that's what they're going for. I think they should take a different approach, and maybe they look at it as like, oh, I should get a PR gig, or I should work at a magazine so I can get the fashion connection, right? So I can use that, right? You know, it's not um, really helping the brand. Yeah, and they're they're looking at it as like, I'm going to step in and out of this. Like, this is not what I want to do for the long run. And you can pick that up in like the first thirty seconds of interviewing someone. And obviously, I stalk the hell out of any candidate before I even see them. I'm like. Okay, let's look at their Instagram. Let's right. look at their face. Like, let's do a deep dive. So you right. would, you already know. Like, oh, maybe for sure. maybe they want to like be like, oh, just so you know, like I'm a I'm a big deal. I've got like this amount but of followers. Thinking that. that it helps. Yeah, I, but I think I think that's good for anybody listening who might be doing that. Right. Because I, in my mind, I almost sometimes like would use my platform as like, oh, well, look, I know how to do growth and like sure. all of this stuff. Which is but true like they already know. And valid, but yeah. yeah. And like I've definitely like seen resumes come across that I'm like, okay, like. I can, I, I'll check this girl out, but then unfortunately I, I will do my due diligence of like doing the research of checking this person's Instagram out, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, there's been times that I'm like, we don't need to bring her in. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I feel like just what you said sparked a thought in my head, which is, I feel like this generation that we're in and just millennials in general really do want to work for themselves yeah. more than they want to work for someone else. Right. But on, in the same token, don't go into a job and say, this don't, is my side hustle. Right. I better have time for this. Right. Put in the time and still make the side hustle happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're not... If you're not going in telling the company how you're going to make them money and right. just telling them how you're going to basically not be there all the time, why would anyone hire you? Yeah, right. I, I had a friend who was an editor at Cosmo, and she said that her assistant was coming in and pulling because they have these incredible fashion closets with all the they would call in product from all the brands, and she was using them on the weekend for like to like oh for photos and she would throw them on for photos or stuff wow. and tag them and things like that. So it. So it appeared to her followers that like that brand sent her those clothes. So wow, yeah, 
It, it, Did she get in trouble for that? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she got fired for that. Yeah. But um, it, it is it just, interesting. It's, it's, it's just, interesting. That's what a lot, you know, a lot of bloggers just go to the store, like put it on their shoulder you uh, know, or walk out guys. and then like go back in and return it. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. And do I need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, these stupid bitches. I'm like taking notes. I went to a blogger conference at for, on behalf of my brand. Um, oh, what was that like? I would in die. Sarah, we would die. In Dallas, guys, it was, it was like sorority rush on crack. Yeah. I had to yeah. like drink through the whole thing, but it was a bunch of girls <laughs> running around. And I'm telling you, their tags were sticking out of the back. And I would like, I would say, oh, hey, sorry, your tag's sticking out. She's like, oh, it's fine. Just tuck it in. I got to return it later. They, she was like, I just put this on. I'm going to yeah. go. You know, I get it. I, yeah. I know how that world works. But like, there's also part of me. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know if you guys ever feel this way. It's like sometimes I buy into it. There's half of me that does. But I feel like I was just born in 1990 where I don't fully buy into it. Yeah. Where I'm just like, like I can't put up a picture of my ass because like, what if I want to be a CEO one day? 100 But then there's people that are like, but you're a woman and this is fine now. And I'm like, is it though? Like... Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like a little bit modest when it comes to that social stuff because you just never know. And especially if you have aspirations for like some kind of like any type of high-end role, you just never know how it's going to come back. And honestly, if you're like starting into the, your work, like going into the workforce, you think you know what you want and that may change. Like what I wanted to do 10 years ago is different from now Mm -hmm. what I want to do. And like Naz, you brought up a really good point when you were saying that a lot of you want to work for yourselves or do a lot of things, but I am able to have a lot of side gigs here and there now, right. but it's, it's because I put in all that time and I busted my ass and I was, I respect is the biggest thing for me. And again, something I find really rare in younger candidates that I'm interviewing, but putting all that time in and then proving myself at my current company allowed me to be able to do these things on the side and my company supports that too. And I go through the right motions rather than being sketchy on the side doing things. I'm like, Hey, my friend has a beauty brand. She wants me to go on QVC and sell her product. Is that okay? And they're like, you know what? Yeah, of course. It's not a conflict of interest. So yes, we support that. And like, we're excited for you. Right. So and yeah, I think that's a good point. And you do it the right way. Right. And you and, and not right away. And not right yeah, away. Not right away. Like put feel it out. Time. Feel yeah. it out. Yeah. And yeah. And put your time in. So I think a lot of people just don't realize that they need to put their time in. I think they yes. a lot of people these days think that they deserve things right away. And it's Immediate. almost mind-boggling to me. Because I'm like, what have you proved here at this right. job? Right. And I agree exactly with what you're saying, because had I Back to my love life thing, had I never been a producer on The Bachelor, mm-hmm. I don't know if people would take me as much of a credible source on my podcast or through Heartbroken Anonymous, you know? Right. So it's like you put in the time, you earn it, and then that'll take you, like, really far. Definitely. For sure. So I know we we talked a little bit about, like, you guys obviously have very enviable careers and you've worked very hard to get there. Now that you're there... I mean, I always think it's funny when people say like, oh, I would kill for that job. But like, if you're actually in that job, do you still feel that way? Like, is it, has it like decreased in value at all? Or like, what do you, what do you think? Are you like, you just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) For me personally, I I still feel like I have a long way to go, but there's times where people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like you're the host of the Dodgers or you're on a red carpet or you're covering this movie. And I think it's funny. It's humbling because it's a good 
I feel like you should be half and half. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'm in the moment and I don't appreciate it as much. Right. Like sometimes I'm like at a red carpet and I forgot that this was my dream like two, three years ago Mm because I'm already thinking of the next thing. Right. I have that problem too. Yeah. And I think it's important for all of us to remain in the moment and soak it in and be proud of yourself and like talk yourself up and just be like, wow, I'm out here killing it. At the same time, not getting so comfortable or just letting any moment like that just be, I don't yeah, know what I'm saying. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I understand that. Like and I still want to move forward. Right. I also think the industry, entertainment industry, the fashion industry, it's all changed so much. I remember when I was like a co- one or two years in and like the big, big boss at Calvin said to me, it, this is so cool being in PR, like the editors who are assistants right now, while you're an assistant, they'll be fashion directors when you're the head of PR and you guys grow up in the industry together. And unfortunately, the industry has changed so much that a lot of there's been a lot of changes, of course, with magazines and mm-hmm. social media is like, mm-hmm. you know, completely transformed it all. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it does. I, to answer your question, Sarah. <laughs> no, I, I think that it is. I. Yeah, I, I appreciate my job. I love my job. I'm like, this is really cool. Like, yeah. this is like going on, doing all these like con air segments and all these events and PR. It's super cool. But I do see there's more on right. the horizon, right. you know, and in different ways. I'm trying to like figure out honestly exactly what that right. is. So it's okay to like not like my dad, it drove me crazy, would always be like, what's your three to five year plan? Always like, where are you going to be in three years, five years? I'm like, dad, I got a job. And he's like, amazing. Like, do you, like, are you going to be there in three years? Are you going to be there in five years? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I start Monday. Like, let me figure it out. Right, right. The cool thing about the world we live in now is that the jobs that we probably are going to aspire to want don't even exist yet. Right. It's so true. It's insane. Like, when I was working at Clever, which was a YouTube channel that existed back in the day, (laughs) R.I.P., I had never thought that that would have been an option when I was in college, that I would be a host on YouTube. I mean, I, yeah. I make memes on the internet. Like, I, I never would have yeah, thought exactly. that was a job. Right. Yeah. I that mean, is you could cool speak job. to this the most, you know? Yeah. It's insane. I, I, I do think that way, too. And I think that that's kind of the key thing is that things are changing so much. And Naz, like, you freaking hit it on the head. I'm like, I think you really have to, like, appreciate where you are. You're, it's all a journey. Like, I feel like, you know, we're all, all here doing cool things, but there's, like, you know, see. CEOs, like we could get Jeff Bezos in here and he would probably be like, yeah, there's still more. Like there's right. always going to be like, people just want more. Right. So, or another woman. <laughs> yeah. Either or. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But on that note. I hope um, he's living his best life. He sounds like he is. <laughs> Shit. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for coming in, sharing with us a little, little bit of your stories. We're going to wrap this up. I'm going to bring in now. I have a, I, I thought it was cool that you guys knew both what you kind of wanted to do and really like aimed for it. Um, I'm going to bring in a career expert next, Jocelyn Miller. She's going to kind of help you figure out maybe some of you out there who are listening have a dream job that you're going after. And maybe some of you don't really know what your dream is yet. You don't really know what you want to do. So Jocelyn's going to help us out there. Stick around. All right. While we're talking about dream jobs and side hustles, I've got a great way for you to make a little extra cash, all while giving back to your community and sipping wine at the same time. Do I have your attention now? Because I thought so. Through One Hope Wine, you can host wine tasting parties for your friends and through every bottle or case of wine you sell, you get a commission and a portion of proceeds donated to the nonprofit partner of your choice. If your friends are going to buy wine anyways, this makes it easy to have delicious varietals ordered and shipped to their door, all while giving back at the same time. 
So I'm actually hosting a taco and wine night at my apartment next month, and I'm donating the proceeds through One Hope to one of my favorite organizations of all times, Pencils of Promise. How cool is that? So to become a One Hope Wine cause entrepreneur and start hosting your own wine parties, visit onehopewine.com slash join, fill out the form, and under How Did You Hear About Us, select Big Kid Problems. Again, that's onehopewine.com slash join. Cheers, big kids. All right. And we are back with Jocelyn Miller. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi, Sarah. Hi. All right. Now, Jocelyn is a career coach and corporate trainer. She's worked at Amazon, Google. She's trained dozens of Fortune 500 companies. She's also an independent career coach. You've done so much. Yes. Yes. You have your own I business. I started when I was five. Oh, perfect. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. You, you run your own business and you, you do a lot of these um, career coaching and individual training sessions and things like that. So I really wanted to have you on today and I'm yeah. so happy to have you. Me too. Yeah. Because we are talking about how to find your dream job. <sighs> I know. Yes. It is a lofty topic. Yes. And we're going to figure it out in 15 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's right. usually how long it takes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's all you need. Definitely. Um, all right. So my first question for you, because I know we do have a lot of people who are coming out of college and don't necessarily know where to even start. So yeah. it's one thing to chase your dream if you have a dream, but what if you don't even know what you want to do? Yeah. Well, first off, don't panic. I know. Like I know for a lot of you, you're like, I'm sitting on the panic button. What do I do? So the thing is, everyone has this very traditional experience where you go through like high school and you go through college and like there's a whole set of y'all who have just, you know, you're like, oh, I need to get good grades and what I need to do to get good grades is this. And then I want to major in that. And you just like go through this set of courses. And basically it's this checklist or this ladder that you've climbed in a schooling environment. And then when you get out of that, it's like, oh shit, what do I do now? (laughs) Right? So that's totally fine. And it's funny. I often talk about when I graduated, I always thought of myself as a planner, but in reality, when I graduated school, I didn't even have a job. I had set up an internship because I had never been to the West coast. And I was like, I want to see what Seattle's like. And then as my internship was about to end, I was like, I should get a job. And that wasn't even, it's not like, oh, cause I had all this like money. Like, no, I had no plan, but in my head I was like, oh, I always have a plan. But in fact, I had no plan. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start talking to people. Thank goodness. I ended up getting the job at Amazon things worked out really well, but it was, there was an element of, it was a little bit on a lark. Now with all of this, when thinking about for you guys, when you're like, Oh shit, what do I do? There's a few things to do. One is first off, be really open to trying things out, like start talking to people going out. One of the things I'm a big fan of, especially if you're in a city meetup is so great. Like if you go to meetup.com or if you download the meetup app, it's a great way to find people with similar interests. And it's okay if those interests aren't even super commercial right now. So they could be, I love um, Japanese painting. And, you know, that might lead you to like your career path. I mean, you just really don't know yet. But the other thing is, if you can, um, you can explore in that way. Also, again, for some of you, if you're still in school, I'm such a huge proponent of internships, whether you're in school or out of school, because they're like little trials. There are these, you know, three month trials of a company. They're trying you out. You're trying them out. You're trying out even the industry that that they're in. You're trying out 
like being a person kind of, <laughs> I mean, there's an element of, oh, I have to like pay rent and do laundry yeah. and go to work every day. Reality is coming. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but definitely like try things out. I really think experimentation and like meeting people who are doing things that you just organically find interesting is a great way to like approach the world when you're just graduating or you're about to graduate or you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, it's coming soon. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And so when you actually, you start to, you're thinking about actually trying something, yeah. do you have a way of maybe narrowing down choices? Because I know, especially when you look on job boards today, it can be like very overwhelming. Oh yeah. So, um, so I love that you asked that question. So one thing to think about is there's three main areas that people are often drawn into either you're an industry, um, a job role or like attributes that you want a job or an environment to have. So as an example, you might be like, um, one of the things that I did, so I like studied all these things when I was in school. I was like cognitive science, computer science, pre-med, like all these things. Cause I was like, I want to be ready for everything. You know, whether you did that or you just did one thing and you were like, whatever, we called it studio art and we got out, whatever it is, <laughs> um, you might be drawn to a particular industry. So even though I didn't end up going down the medical path in terms of medical school, like healthcare was an industry that I was interested in. So that might be something that you're like, oh, I still kind of care about that. Um, so you might be drawn to a particular industry so you can go check out events or meet people in that industry. The other thing that I think people do far too little, and like since you mentioned job boards, I do want to explicitly say this, reach out to people, to individuals. So job boards are like overwhelming. So and, overwhelming. Yeah. And they're unlikely to even convert. Use your alumni networks, use the people that you meet to even just have informational interviews. So like, for example, the second thing after industry, I mentioned job role. Um, a lot of times we know names of roles and job boards will tell you like names of things, but I will tell you even like, uh, I've done so much in product management, a product manager, quote unquote, at Amazon looks different from one at Google. And even within Amazon, like a product manager on the email team might look very different from the product manager on the personalization team. So what do you do with that? Like these roles barely even mean something or, or they can mean a lot of different things. So with that in mind, reach out to people who are doing things you're interested in. Even if you cold email on LinkedIn, I had someone who was an undergrad reach out to me and she was like, wow, I think your path's so interesting. Like, can you talk, you know, can you tell me more about it? And I'm like, of course I'm going like, to talk to this girl who's a junior in college. I mean, and she just sent me this really nice note and I'm like, great. So feel free to do that as well as talk to people when you meet them in person. Yeah, that's great. And then the final part of that, I think attributes. So for some of you, like you can think about group projects that you did in school. You might know that like you might have certain tendencies, like you're super collaborative or you might be like, I never want to talk to people, <laughs> whatever it is, like whatever way you work, look at the attributes of environments that you like to work in. Maybe you're all about words and you want to like compose a lot of text. Maybe you hate composing text and you love talking. Like, look at those kinds of things and like what kind of environment you want to be in. And you have evidence of that from even the, the group projects and the just life you've lived up till now. That's so true. It's probably important to you to be honest with yourself. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like, especially in the beginning of my job, uh, when I was looking for jobs, I was like, I, I'm really, I love working with people and like all of those cliched things mm. and in actuality, like I don't. 
but and that's okay. I love that. I love that you're also like doing podcasts and like the work that you're doing because it's funny. A lot of times in these formats, whether it's podcasts or whether it's presenting in front of a room with like hundreds or thousands of people, everybody thinks that the speaker at the front must be an extrovert because they're talking. Right. And it's like, well, we, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) they're often introverts because it's like, all right, I'll talk to you like random mass of thousands of people, like on the other side of the internet that I don't have to look at or deal with after. Okay. (laughs) Hey, we love you. Bye. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, you have to own who you are and that's like a life journey to really, get comfy with who you are. That's so true. Did you ever, I mean, I feel like when I especially was pretty lost in the beginning, I was like taking all these online tests, like trying to figure out like what my personality is. Have you found those to be useful or are there any specific ones that you like? Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, like I love all these things. So, but it's interesting. A couple of thoughts on that. So I definitely recommend taking any of those things in a sense. Like there's no one like, oh, this one's great or that one's, you know, awesome or that one's shit. Like there's there's not really that element. I mean, though it's funny, I have this friend who's a cognitive scientist who runs a learning company in Vermont and he's created his own particular test, which I do especially like, which is called a cognitive preference survey, though he may have renamed it now. We'll have to find that out after. But it's funny because um, I remember I've had chats with him about like how Myers-Briggs is not that useful and things like this. Now with all of that, I still recommend like there's Myers-Briggs, um, which is the whole, uh, there are four factors to it. Like, are you an extrovert or an introvert, intuitive or sensing, you know, these different things. I definitely recommend that just in the sense of everybody has done it. But with all these things, keep in mind, don't take them as your identity. So you're taking them as like a way to gain insight into you but they're not like, we have judged you and okay, it says ENTJ and Steve Jobs is ENTJ. So like, great, you're going to be Steve Jobs. <laughs> but like, oh, this one says INTJ. Oh, that was, um, you know, that was Bill Gates. So I guess you have to talk to people less. Like, don't take it as identity. Just take it as a way to get information about yourself. The other one I really like is Strengths Finder. Um, so there's a book and it comes with a survey and it gives you like a more nuanced view on some of your strengths. So I really am a big fan of those. But the big thing isn't even about whether it's the cognitive preference survey, Myers-Briggs, or StrengthsFinder. It's really about noticing your own reactions to the results. So if you find things, first off, if you find things really resonate, if you're like feeling like that's so me and you're discussing it with your mom, your sister, your best friend, your spouse, your partner, whatever it is, and they're like, yeah, honey, that's so you, right? Then great, then you're gaining insight in that way. The other thing that I recommend you notice is if you're like, this is so not me. And you're like almost angry about it. Yeah. Then it's probably a hidden nerve. (laughs) So there's probably some truth in there that you don't totally want to admit right now. Yeah. And there's other things where even if they tell you something that's a little bit off, if it's off, but you're like, uh, whatever. Like for example, if, if a test said to me that if it said, um, we don't think you like talking, I'd be like, interesting, (laughs) just untrue. Right. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't phase me. It would just be like, yeah, that's not true. So disregard. So if something resonates, look into it. If you really hate it, then you have to like dig in and figure out why, because you're reacting to something. And if it doesn't resonate and you just kind of dismiss it, that's fine. Just like move on, take what's useful to you. Yeah. I love that. I think in, um, I was actually, as you were talking about these tests, I had a sudden jolt of a memory of me taking one of these in college. And I swear to God, it was one of those like job placement ones. Oh yeah. 
And my jobs, it was it was like the most random group of jobs. It was like you could be an engineer or a tugboat captain. <laughs> I will never forget tugboat captain. Oh I'm my like, gosh. What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I appreciate that piece of taking it with a grain of salt. I agree. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, okay. So we're talking, we've been talking about if, um, you know, you don't really know where to go, how to find your path. What if you, you know, maybe start to go down a path or you thought you had a dream job and you, you get in that introductory, uh, role or whatever it is, but then you kind of realize you hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one thing that's really interesting about that. So first off, I do want to say like, if you haven't been there yet, you will be at some point. So like, so take it as like a matter of time, not like, oh my God, I chose wrong. Life is over. It's not, everything's good. And in fact, one of the things that companies are moving more towards and more individuals should as well is this approach of, uh, it's like, how do you think about failures versus learnings? So like someone could easily look at that and be like, I failed to choose the perfect thing the second I got out of school. But in fact, we should look at it as great. We learned something that we definitely don't want to do. So great. Within that, we need to dig into what is it about this thing that I like? What is it about this that I don't like? And one of the things I often recommend is literally writing it out, like physically with your hand. So one of the things is your own handwriting is interpreted differently by your brain than even typing out. It's like, yeah, yeah. Just like the act of physically writing, it makes your brain process slower, more deeply. It ingrains it more by the act of physically writing it out. And you can, when you review it, you review it differently because it's literally in your handwriting. Mm. So it's like your brain is talking to you via your writing. And so I recommend focusing on those two things, but you can start with what I don't like because oftentimes that'll open. Yeah, exactly. People are like, I could tell you all the things I don't like. But, and the reason why I say this way, you have to look at what you like and what you don't like out of your current situation. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we might find that, you know, when you write it out, you might be like, oh, actually I just hate my boss, (laughs) but I love what I do. Or I love the people, but I don't love the role that I'm playing. Right. You know, so there's all these different things that you will learn. But the big thing here is take the approach of everything is a learning, like is a learning opportunity. And all of this is like a feedback loop. So every time you try something, you're getting feedback. You might be getting feedback from your boss, from yourself, from your emotions. You're getting feedback. And so you want to pause pay attention, let yourself process and really figure out like, I love this component of it. I don't love that component and use that to refine your next choice. Yes. When it comes to making that next choice, um, because, and I think this is another thing too. And, um, I've heard this quite a bit, especially this generation more so in the past is that people are trying careers more frequently, right? Like they're getting into something, they realize they don't like it. They make a shift. Whereas like somebody would be in a job for 45 years and, you know, die at the company. Oh yeah. (laughs) At their desk. Yes. (laughs) Do you think, how do you think that, do you think it's a good thing one? And do you think that they're can you do it too many times where it starts to actually not look so great? Got it. You know? Yeah, totally. So it's funny because I remember about like 10 or 12 years ago, I remember thinking that we had this opportunity to have multiple careers. And now like, you know, go a decade later, I think it's more, we are all going to have different careers. Let's just accept that and, you know, do it. Right. Right. 
Because a lot of the things that we do, like even this right now, having a podcast, okay, 15 years ago, is that even a thing? Like 10 years ago, still borderline. So there's this element of the jobs that now exist, uh, they didn't exist 10 years ago. And in fact, I think there's an estimate of like two thirds of jobs that exist in the next 10 years don't even exist now. So there's so crazy, isn't it? Right. So there's this element of like, you can't, you can't a priori pick, like you can't have at the age of five known what you would do when you're in this world of all these new jobs and opportunities. So in a sense, like, don't even worry about it. I mean, when I was five, I wanted to be a paleontologist, like, because <laughs> dinosaurs are cool, right? Like that wasn't a life plan. It was just like, dinosaurs are cool. That's all it was. <laughs> so with that, when the world is constantly changing, you know, we want to be open to that and explore. Now that said, I will say, if you find that like it's your revolving door, if it's like every three months, six months, 12 at the most, then I would guess that you're not doing the reviewing and reflecting. Like if you're doing that, I mean, look, if you do it like a few times, right? Say two, three, maybe even four, fine. You're young, like fine. You're just figuring it out. But if you don't feel like you're getting closer, right? And if you just feel like this is feeling really random and you're kind of getting put through a blender, then you're probably not doing the reviewing and reflecting. So that's something that you can do on your own. You could also get a coach. You could get a mentor. You can get a set of mentors. Like, But like, I definitely recommend um, getting out of your head because you're probably stuck in some pattern of thinking in that case. And you want to like get out of it just for your own sanity's sake. Definitely. Oh, I think that's great. Um, all right. So I know we're going to, we could talk about this for a so Oh my gosh, seriously. I know. Um, but I did have one question. So what if your dream job, this is interesting because like I'm in comedy, you know, yeah. like this isn't exactly the most lucrative uh, career, you know, <laughs> you know, like what if your sure. dream job is something that might not necessarily make you a ton of money? What What would your advice be? Do you pursue it anyway? Do you do it on the side? Like what's like the happy medium. Absolutely. Well, I'm like, it's funny though. I want to say it with what you just said, Sarah, I'm like, you're like, it's not the most good. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's different ways to go about it. Right. I mean, and, and certainly I totally get that. Like not everyone's going to be an Amy Schumer. Not everyone's going to be a Tina Fey. Like, but at least we have these examples, right? Maybe your version of it is going to look different. My version of things is going to look different. The the audience, right? You who are listening, your version of life is going to look different than what came before. But look to examples that you can emulate because if someone is doing something where you're like, yes, you're living the life I want. It's like, cool, let's dig in and figure out how did you do that? Because a lot of times we self-sabotage. If we say we can't do it, if we say it's not lucrative, then we might be like, cool, not lucrative. So let's not look for money and make that a thing. Mm. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, as far as, as far as like the dream job and how to think about it, the super ideal, right? The super ideal thing is that you find something at this intersection of what you're good at, what you love, and what the market needs, right? Where you're going to get paid. So ideally, it's those three things are getting checked off so that you're like, okay, cool. I'm good. I love it. And I get money. That's the ideal. And I do want to say, if you're especially thinking like, oh, I can't get paid for it, I want you to really look at, is this just a limiting belief that I have? 
Totally. Because like, it could be. Now, that said, I am also a big believer, and there's many ways of expressing all the amazing gift that is inside of you. And not all of it has to be at work. So you definitely can, you know, take on certain aspects in terms of like hobbies, side gigs, and especially if you want to pivot from like one thing you're doing now to something that feels fairly different. I am a huge believer in starting out like a side gig or a side hustle, like some way of you experimenting. Cause this goes back to the feedback loops and the experimentation experiment in this space that you think you want to go towards because you'll learn so much about you, about how you like it, how you don't, what the field is like, what doing it is like. So I think that those are a couple of ways, like you might find, um, look, I may never do oil painting as part of my job, but I might have a nice little hobby of that. I might also find that I want to do maybe like video. That's one of the things I'm going to be doing more in my business. That's another form of creativity. And it's a way to like reach people and also, you know, potentially hit upon all the good at, passionate about, gets paid for. So again, there's different ways of expressing what's in you and either is fine. But personally, I have found the more I can get in the dream job itself, like the more boxes I can tick, it just becomes this very virtuous cycle. Right. No, I think that's great. And especially, I love, you know, the idea of kind of toying with it, especially in the beginning. And you were mentioning, you know, you might, you might think that you want to go in one direction. You might think you love oil painting, yeah. but if you start doing it every day, you know, it might get that's old. That's so true. I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes things, I mean, I will often say you can look at your hobbies to find things you're passionate about because it might give you a clue. Like, mm-hmm. like we were talking before we started this interview about how we both have done improv before. Yeah. So I totally am with you on like, comedy is so much fun. It's awesome. Like, you know, fold it into your job as much as you can too, but it's just like a fun thing. But if you, if you 24 seven, people were like, be funny now, you might be like, oh, I don't like this now. You know, now it feels like a job. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, some things work better for certain individuals as a hobby for some, and then other times you might actually want it to be your 24 seven, Yeah, but a way to, you know, get into it and just see, cause like, look, if you don't even like it part-time, if you don't even like it an hour a day, don't make it your eight to nine hour a day. Right. For sure. Yeah. Dipping your toe in. I kind of exactly. like that. Yeah. All right, Jocelyn. Well, thank you so much. This was thank so you. helpful. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. And, um, we're going to, where can we find you online? If, if people want to learn more, they want to maybe look into career coaching alternatives or what have you, where do they find you? Absolutely. So you can see more about the work that I do with individuals. You can look into my land or dream job program. All of that can be found at www.jocelyn. So that's J O C E L Y N Marie Miller.com. So it's Jocelyn Marie Miller.com. Amazing. And we're going to link to that. And then I'll also put in maybe a couple of those, um, tests you were talking about earlier. Sure. Yeah. You perfect. can put that in the show notes. Absolutely. So if you're curious guys, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all get out there and find your dream jobs or side hustles that make you happy. You know, it's funny. After these conversations, I realized that the reason I couldn't figure out my major or first job was because it didn't exist yet. If someone would have told me I'd be making internet jokes and memes for a living 10 years ago, I never would have believed them. But here we are. So if you are still struggling to find out what you want to do, maybe take comfort in that. Maybe your destined career hasn't even been invented yet. How wild is that? 
All right. Special thanks to our guests this week, Naz Prez, Emily Evans, and of course, Jocelyn Miller. Thank you ladies so much for being on. If you're interested in them or want to connect with them, get to know them more, I'm going to link up all of their information in our show notes. Just click on over to see that. I'll also have those resources uh, Jocelyn mentioned linked as well. So if you want to dive in a little bit further, we have all of that for you. Yeah. And if you you have a friend who maybe wants, who you think would value from listening to this podcast, you know, send them a link. We're trying to get the word out here. If you want to take a screenshot, if you enjoyed this and put it up on your Insta stories, that would be pretty awesome. Um, Remember to subscribe. This is a new show. So... You know, everything, every every little bit helps. <laughs> um, I So I appreciate you being here with me this week. And we're going to have a fun episode for you next week. We're going to get into the big kid problem struggle of being single. Um, so even if you're not single, I promise it's going to be a fun episode. So make sure to check in. Um, all right. That's all for me this week, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. <laughs>